0: Warning. The following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions.
1: Stop it! You're acting
0: like a child! It Good It's time to discuss, discuss, and dissect. Right. No normal mind can imagine. Just okay, so, <laughs> so to bring it to a weird tangent, Tangent. Within a tangent. It's skewed into this tangent.
1: And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome,
0: twosome, Mike, Mike and, and Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> we are. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome, we are fans of the dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. What's up, bro?
1: Not a whole lot, man. Getting ready for yet another snowstorm.
0: Yeah, I feel like you really jinxed us when you were talking about snow in our last episode. It's like, oh, we haven't got that much snow. Three snowstorms later.
1: Yeah, dude, I this last one, I got almost two feet.
0: Uh, we got this uh, wood thing. That the kids measure the snow with, they go out like jam it into the earth. We got 13 inches. That's it, but it felt heavy, like it was all compact.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like up here, it was super light. It took me like no time at all to clean my driveway. I get to work, and it it was like eight inches of just sludge and just grossness and disgusting.
0: Yeah, that the day it started, I was on my way home. I saw a car flipped over. Like there were accidents everywhere. The roads were terrible. Oh Jesus no good bad time not a great segue into romance no <laughs> what are you cracking
1: so i thought i would give this a try because i hadn't seen it around here this is a steve austin's broken skull ipa
0: steve austin as the uh, wrestler
1: yeah thought i'd give it a try this is my first tasting
0: cool now are you gonna like pour it on your face and then crush the can
1: I was going to have Susan throw one to me and then do it. Yeah. But then I'd, I'd, I'd get my like laptop and stuff probably damaged.
0: Well, what you should do is like the woman did chainsaw hookers, you know, put plastic over <laughs> yeah. everything, you know, because you like to make a mess.
1: Yeah, I get carried away sometimes.
0: All right. so So, romantic horror movies, or better yet, horror couples.
1: Yeah, see, I focus more on the couples on this one.
0: Yeah, so at first it was like, wow, this might be a hard subject. And then I I had so many couples that I was watching movies to take people off of my list.
1: Yeah, I had my list was probably about 25 to 30
0: anyway. Yeah, mine was probably around there too. And I mean, I threw it out there on Twitter and didn't get really a lot of feedback. I feel like people aren't really thinking about couples
1: no and i did the same thing on on instagram got a lot of likes a lot of people looked at it don't want to tell me what they like though
0: i like that question it's thought provoking
1: it's a great question somebody (laughs) should answer that question
0: crickets so horror couples we're not talking danny and christian from midsummer not gonna make our list we went over 10 of our favorite horror couples for movies that we have seen. Now, I saw a lot of crazy lists for this, and I want to put it out there that The Bride of Frankenstein is not a good example of a good horror couple. She did not want to be his monster. There were still a couple. They were forced. Don't, have you seen the movie? A long time ago. Yeah, they were not really a couple. She was only in like the last five minutes of the movie. People just like to draw them together. But I would like to say, if you're going to go classic couple, any Dracula movie, those vampires, they're very romantic. Yes, they are. And they're committed to living forever. So you want to start or should I start? They kind of have no choice. Oh, before we start, I thought, you know, I thought we were talking about upping the ante on this one
1: for doubles.
0: (laughs) Because you said you had a what the fuck entry. (laughs) <laughs> you know going back over my list it's I don't so think bad. I have a what the fuck entry but I say we up the ante anyway so I made a special drink to drink so instead of just going double on a double I'm going to go ham I'm go so ham. what I did was I took a little bit of strawberry so I stole this recipe it's called the love potion but then I bastardized it and turned it into a shot as opposed to basically what turned out to be a fruity martini so you take a strawberry you cut it into a little heart and it's very cute and then you stab it with a wooden steak put it in your drink and I've got a spiked seltzer we've got some spiced pineapple gonna do a splash of that and they wanted grenadine but I ain't putting no grenadine in my drink so I got some I'm not a fan Raspberry lemonade just a splash of that just just for the color because really what it's gonna be. I got a hundred proof New Amsterdam. That's that's going to be the bulk of my drink. So every time we have a double in this one, take a shot, shot. All right, then. Well. Want me to start? Yeah, you can start. Ten. All right. So to paraphrase David Lee Roth on Ice Cream Man, I'd like to dedicate this one to the ladies. So settle in, kick back, relax, and get in the mood as we discuss some of our favorite horror couples my number 10 i had to start number 10 with someone special now they weren't really in the franchise that long they weren't in the movie that long but it's because of them that we have one of the greatest franchises in all horror history claudette hayes and barry jackson okay then you look confused i figured this would definitely be on your list It's not on my list. Okay, so we're going to take it back to a Friday the 13th in 1957. Claudette and Barry were counselors at a certain camp, and they were left in charge of a young, special boy named Jason. I'm ashamed of myself. When they decided to sneak off to fornicate, flash forward to a year later, they're at a nice campfire sing-along singing some kind of kumbaya shit. When again... The My urge road strikes. Road
1: ashore, Sorry.
0: They snuck off again and decided to fornicate again those dirty sinners. Well, they were time, making love. I don't think they really got that far. It was a little bit of coitus interruptus as of <laughs> Pamela Voorhees entered and killed the fuck out of them, thus starting the killing spree at Camp Crystal Lake.
1: I'm ashamed. I didn't catch the names. Just, I don't know. I never really heard. I never really read the last names.
0: But yeah, it's cool.
1: They they started. They started it all.
0: Yep, played by Deborah S. Ryan and Willie Adams. Thank you guys and cheers to you.
1: Cheers. All right. So my number ten. This was kind of an iffy one, but you know what? It's a musical, but it's still kind of horror-ish. I went with Seymour Krelborn and Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Uh, did you say Audrey or Audrey too?
1: Well, it's true. It could have been a little bit of a love triangle for a little while.
0: Giggity, giggity.
1: <laughs> so Seymour, he works at Mushnick's Flower Shop, as does Audrey. And he obviously, he's, he's, he's got this crush on her, but she's kind of going out with this evil dentist dude.
0: Steve Martin. Yes, or if we're doing the original, I guess it would be different people.
1: Yeah, Jack Nicholson was in the original. I don't, I forget who he played. So anyway, he buys a plant, a Venus flytrap, for a dollar ninety-five.
0: What a bargain!
1: Oh God! So, but he names it after Audrey, his his little uh crush love, there,
0: yeah, his love interest,
1: his love interest. Yes. Problem is. It only grows if it drinks blood, but he is willing to do anything to get his Audrey, and includes feeding her dead boyfriend to the plant after chopping him up himself.
0: Yeah, that's true love. Or true infatuation, because they weren't even together. No, they
1: weren't. Well, they ended up
0: together. Of course, every little shop, little shop of horrors has to have a good ending. Of course. Great soundtrack. Love that soundtrack.
1: Oh, I still ro- i've i've been rocking that soundtrack since I was
0: like seven. Downtown, where the streets where the are, are broke. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Number nine from 1987. I chose a couple that was willing to go to hell and back with each other, and I mean literally. <laughs> We're going to hell in Hellraiser with Julia and Frank Cotton. Hold on, let me just solve this puzzle before we're all fucked. I fucking love this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Julia and Frank Cotton. Now, they share the same name, but they're not actually married. See, Frank has a brother, Larry. In five days from now, he's gonna marry. Yeah. Julia and Frank first met a few days before the wedding, and I don't call it true love but true lust so they're played by claire higgins and sean chapman their love sparked nine sequels roger ebert called this movie bankruptcy of imagination pretty fucking crazy so basically her real husband larry they're moving into frank and larry's parents house larry cuts his hand and bleeds all over the floor which of course was the ritual or the ritual site of some hellish satanic ritual (laughs) this resurrects frank as a skinless corpse which as i've said before if you can make up the skinless body that's that's relationship goals right there and we learned that the blood resurrected frank from hell and he was trying to escape but he needed more blood so she went to the bar brought home some men
1: as you typically fucking, do.
0: Yeah, and fucking killed them. Not fucked and killed them, but fucking killed them. And yeah. used their blood to resurrect Frank and accidentally released the Cenobites, who are mad because they want to tear his fucking soul apart. Jesus wept. I that was love a rough Hellraiser. That's, that's one of my favorite movies. It is so good. Clive Barker, the man. Yes.
1: All right, so you ready for the what the fuck?
0: Uh, my what-the-fuck, or my close what-the-fuck is not my number eight. Or you, my number nine, oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I Okay, but this is my number what-the-fuck.
0: Number what-the-fuck.
1: So we're gonna move to the year 2455. What the fuck? Jason is frozen and is regenerated. However, there's an engineer named Sooneron. Who has developed this droid robot sex bot thing. Whatever. Whatever.
0: To each his own.
1: Exactly. You know what? He tried to give her a little, you know, robotic, like, nipples. That didn't work out. But you know what? He tried.
0: It's actually, like, probably big business right now.
1: (laughs) No kidding. However, she is one badass motherfucking ass kicker.
0: Oh, she's a robot.
1: It is is true. She blew Jason to shit. Granted, Uber Jason did kind of get a little bit ahead from her.
0: Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Ha,
1: ha. Ah. He knocked her head off. No, just it was just, they're just a fun, I don't even know if you could call them a couple. I saw them as a couple because I mean, he treated her like it was his girlfriend. Like at the end, he's like holding her head. And it's like, oh, look, this is the earth. It was just, just, just fun. Despite all the all the flak that the movie gets, it's just a stupid
0: fun movie. I mean, one of the kills in that movie is listed as one of the greatest kills ever. Can't be all the, that bad.
1: The liquid nitrogen one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Smashing good time. Oh, it's great. I love it. Word number eight: Mallory in Mickey Knox from 1994s. Natural Born Killers. Now, I guess you could argue that this is not technically horror, but it's goddamn at least horror-adjacent, and it's some pretty fucking disturbing shit in that movie. It's about two serial killers. One saves the other from an abusive home life, and they tour the country together, as lovers do, leaving bodies in their trail. Great movie. Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson Play in this Oliver Stone adaptation of a Quentin Tarantino script. I would have loved to see what Quentin would have done with this movie. You get Trent Reznor producing the soundtrack. Some awesome fucking good times. See, You've seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Like the dialogue, obviously Quentin Tarantino. So I, I don't know how much Oliver kept, but you know, the only thing that kills the demon is love. So this dude, batshit shit. Cra- obviously, they're both batshit crazy. He's like, wherever we go, whatever happens, Mickey, when I look up at the stars, I'll know you'll be looking up at the same ones. Same ones, baby. You make every day feel like kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a magical type of twisted love. Fun, fun, fun movie.
1: Dude, that whole like jailbreak thing is just fucking awesome.
0: That whole movie's awesome, but yeah, it's like it's kind of different sections and yeah. different types of movies. Like that whole Rodney Dangerfield, like fake 50s sitcom <laughs> good movie all
1: right so my my number eight i finally watched this all the way through and it's funny because like i had really no intention of like it having any part of of the tangent i was just like you know what i just want to watch the movie so we're gonna go with david kessler and nurse price in an American werewolf in London,
0: hello nurse.
1: uh played by David Naughton and Jenny Agoner. I'm guessing I' really not sure how to pronounce that last name you have you have two friends, David and Jack. they go backpacking in England and they hitch a ride with this with on a truck with some lambs or sheep or goats or whatever the fuck I forget, and he only goes so far. And so they find this pub. They don't really look very welcome.
0: The slaughtered lamb.
1: The slaughtered lamb. Yes. Uh, long story short, they're basically like kind of like thrown out of the bar for noticing like the, the the pentagram or whatever on the on the wall. And they just send them on their way in the middle of a rainstorm. They get attacked by werewolf. Jack dies, and David ends up in a hospital. Enter Nurse Price. So they end up kind of taking like a liking to each other, I guess, or he gets, um, (laughs) what?
0: Uh, They take a liking to each other.
1: (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So after he gets discharged from the hospital, he stays at her place. Now he's starting to also see his friend, like Jack pop up all, you know, all over the place, which kind of had like a, almost like an idle hands kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I liked how he kept getting more and more decrepit as it right. went on.
1: Yeah, by the time like they get to like the movie theater scene, like he's all fucked up. Right. Awesome movie. Like the the effects in this movie are just. I don't know how you can like top it for like practical effects.
0: I mean, yeah, one of the greatest effects movie of all time. Like I said before, Oscar. They got an Oscar, the yeah. first Oscar in the category. And it yeah. still stands up. It still looks fucking cool. Yeah,
1: it is. Um, just, just. I don't know why it took me so long to to finally see this movie in the soundtrack. I mean, I think we mentioned it in the soundtrack uh, tangent way back when is just phenomenal.
0: Phenomenal. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. So my number seven, I guess could be my what the fuck, if I have a what the fuck, but I think it's very romantic. We have Arnie Cunningham and Christine, 1983's Christine. Now, this couple was ride or die. We had Christine is a 1958 cherry red Plymouth Fury. And we have Keith Gordon playing the young Arnie Cunningham, who meets Christine one day after school. And apparently the owner, Roland LeBay. His daughter choked on a hamburger in the back seat. His wife committed suicide by carbon monoxide up front. Yeah, not, not some good shit that happened in this car. So Arnie gets the car. He fixes it up. And that's when he starts acting cool. He's got get this bad boy thing going on. He gets a job. He starts talking to his parents about moving out. I mean, the job is kind of shady. But, you know, whatever. He starts becoming distant from his best friend and his family. The cool girl at school who's way out of his league, she wants to start dating him, but there's this whole big jealousy triangle going on with Christine. Now, basically, the movie's like, that's a real teenage infatuation shit. Yeah. Love, loss, and murder.
1: Three things that just go amazing together.
0: Yeah. Now, wh- whichever version you're checking out, whether it be Stephen King's book, or John Carpenter's movie. They're both fun. And John Carpenter has a badass soundtrack to that movie. What was your first car?
1: My first car? Uh It was a 1983 Volvo. You remember that tank with the fucking... Oh, the, uh,
0: the crank sunroof? Oh, the, the one that can get smashed and it never gets a dent. It just rolls over signs in the middle of the road. Yes. <laughs> that one. Nice. That never happened. Hmm. Not if you just drive away, it didn't <laughs> happen. So <laughs> my first car was a Ford Escort. I forget what year, probably like an 82 or something. I only had it for like two weeks. I started it once. <laughs> and remember. never started again. So it just sat in the driveway for a while. But my first car that I actually paid for, I named it Christine. And I, you know, I called it Christine. And one day I am at Valvoline. And I'm sitting there and the guy looks at, you know, all the shit that pops up from the VIN. And he looks at me. He's like, Yeah, you know Christine? Dude, for a second, I got shook. I like look up at him, like, What the fuck? So I guess the previous owner of the car's name was Christine. It's like, <laughs> that's Damn, hilarious. that's weird. But for a split second, I'm like, How the fuck does he know my car's name?
1: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So this is number seven, eight. 7 7 I thought 7. Okay. I went with Red Miller and Mandy Bloom.
0: Oh, really good couple.
1: Great couple. They're an amazing couple. They seem so happy together living off the grid in just in, you know, a house of basically windows that he like kind of built in the middle of nowhere. You know, like he's a lumberjack Mandy works at the local general store, gas station-like type place. Very basic lifestyle. They're all happy until the arrival of evil cult leader musicians.
0: The children of the new dawn.
1: Yes. So after tragedy uh, strikes red, we just see... No,
0: tragedy kind of struck Mandy. Let's be real.
1: <laughs> well, they, yes, very true. We just see how much, you know, he loved her and just goes on this, like, rage-filled revenge tour that involved... A revenge tour. A revenge tour. Nice. He toured many places.
0: He did. And he tore it up.
1: <laughs> I mean, he in the meantime, taking, you know, a face full of blow and there was chainsaw fights and...
0: Vodka. A lot of Vodka
1: acid milkshakes and stuff and I mean just great great
0: movie awesome movie awesome soundtrack phenomenal for my number 666 the devil exists God exists and for us as people our very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow so I was just watching this movie by happenstance not thinking to include it but I had to include it after I watched The Conjuring, talking about Lorraine and Ed Warren. Now, I would like to talk about them besides The Conjuring, but we'll focus a little more on that movie. But I mean, this was a real couple, and they were really mm-hmm. awesome, awesome people. Unless you believe that they were, you know, a scam and hoaxing everyone, then I guess you probably don't think they're they're pretty awesome. But they have a great story. I'd
1: honestly like to think that they weren't. I don't. I
0: don't think they were. No, I mean, they were even called out on it at one point, and they were like, yeah, I mean, you can see us as perpetrating hoaxes and feeding off of this, but that's only because you're not looking at it with God. You're looking at it just based on scientific facts. Right. So, anyway, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson lead the New England Society for Psychic Research. They started that in 1952, and Big names in horror are because of some of their findings. I mean, obviously, The Conjuring and Annabelle and all of that whole universe. Amityville Horror, they went, they checked that out. The Haunting in Connecticut, they went, they checked that out. But I just love their story. So she's a clairvoyant and he's a self taught exorcist. God brought us together for a reason. Good shit.
1: Very good shit. I actually really enjoyed um, The Conjuring Universe.
0: Yeah, now I can get into it now that I've seen the first one. There you go. You yeah, you. Yeah.
1: So my number six, we're going to go with another Patrick Wilson movie. I went with Josh and Renee Lambert. Oh, okay. From Insidious. Uh, Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, he's a teacher. She may or may not be a successful songwriter singer you know she's something she's something their child they have to deal with their child who is an astral projector and then they have to come to terms to find out that josh is an astral projector and have to go through that whole thing i don't know they're just they have the ups and they have their downs
0: (laughs) they've got their all-arounds astral projecting
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay My notes didn't print out on that one, so I'm just
0: <laughs> flying off the top of my. Oh, they did have a love, They did have a great love story. Like imagine trying to keep it together, keep your family together when you have one son who's basically comatose in a room, and they have to move a couple times because the mother is freaking out, thinking the house is on it, but it's not the house. It's the boy.
1: Right. And, you know, one thinks the other one's crazy. And then, you know, she's she's pissed and they have to move to another house and the same shit keeps happening. Like it, it would I would think it would take a lot to be able to put up with just like, all right, we got to move. OK.
0: <laughs> yes, they were a very loving couple and they stuck it through. Yes. So number five, I chose a couple who are in this movie and despite title being someone that's only in the movie for 17 minutes. It's their movie. I'm going with Barbara and Adam Maitland. 1988's Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Now, they kind of ignore the whole till death do us part. And once they have parted, they stay together. And it seems to be that they're going to be in that house for eternity. They even let a new family join them. They kind of became extended family, and they just have laughable hijinks throughout the afterlife with their sidekick named Beetlejuice.
1: Well, I mean, it didn't always, you know, be that way. They they tried everything to get them out of that house.
0: They tried a few different tricks. They did the whole uh, Dale thing. That didn't work. They did the no. whole snake banister thing. That didn't work. And they said, ah, hell, let's just let them live with us.
1: Yeah, it was like they kind of like had Lydia was taken on as like their
0: daughter. Yeah, I think so. Good movie. And they're not the most romantic couple. That's why they're not higher on my list. But they're they're cute and they're going to spend forever together. And that's, that's pretty awesome.
1: I, I debated putting them on my list just because it was more, more comedy than horror, I guess. But then again, I mean, it had some horror aspects to it
0: fuck yeah, they go to the fucking afterworld and everybody that committed suicide is just hanging out in the way they committed suicide. That shit was freaky as shit when I was a kid. It's true. It's like, what the fuck? Now I found out, like, reading about this movie, Beetlejuice supposedly got hammered one night mm-hmm. and was sad his girl left so he hung himself, but he fucked it up and it didn't break. So he's just, like, sitting there like... <sighs> <laughs> Until he, until he finally like died, that's pretty brutal. I'm glad that, that was brutal. a deleted scene. <laughs> no kidding, Michael Keaton just like ah, like being on Michael Keaton, <laughs> flailing around and shit. That would have actually that could have been pretty funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. So my number five, I went with Lee and Evelyn Abbott from A Quiet Place. Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, written by John Krasinski. So, they have three kids. They have Reagan, who's deaf. We have Marcus and Bo. So, basically, in this one, like, the world's population has mostly been taken out by these blind creatures. So, So, now they have to scrounge, you know, for food, barefoot. They can't, like, really make any noise. And then, after a year, you know, they lose one son. So, like, after a year of, like, struggling to survive, Lee's trying to make contact with people on the outside and while working on like reagan's hearing aid and things like that now evelyn's pregnant and we have some inconveniently timed encounters with these creatures and we'll see exactly what lee is willing to do to protect his family
0: yeah that scene man who damn yeah yeah that was a really great movie
1: I wasn't sure like how I was going to do with like a movie with basically no dialogue, but it was really good.
0: I kind of liked it cuz you know, sometimes I'm just fucking sick of hearing people talk.
1: That's all the time.
0: That's true. Yeah. Okay. Number 4. Hold on. This one actually comes with a disclaimer. A disclaimer. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. The events you are about to witness are true. Names and locations have been changed to protect those individuals still living. Estelle and John Collingwood from 1972's Wes Craven directorial, well, not his directorial debut, but he wrote it and directed it. It was produced by Sean Cunningham. This sparked their careers fucking crazy going forward. The Last House on the Left. Nice. Yeah, I love this movie. So, Estelle and John are played by Cynthia Carr and Richard Towers. So, the, it starts with this family. They got a little funny 1970s, a little bit of cringeworthy opening banter, but you could see it's a good family moment, and Mary is turning 17, she's gonna be hanging out with her friend, it's her birthday, so her mom gives her a peace symbol necklace. And then Mary goes off to score some marijuana in the city. What the fuck? These kids. Wes says it was made on a modest budget of $87,000. Wow. So, I mean, in movie standards, that's low. In my standards, I'm like, damn. (laughs) No kidding. But this movie is awesome. So, I mean, everyone knows that the, the girls get brutalized and murdered. And the parents stumble upon her body and they fuck shit up yes yes they do yeah and i just gotta say like they do some fucking awesome shit uh weasel's death in particular oh my god and it's from like that point on they just they just go crazy and they put little music interludes and some like little not like funny scenes but they kind of interspersed them throughout like the brutalness of the movie to kind of relieve tension right until the sheriff shows up at the end. I mean, it's just like, damn. And they even put at the beginning of the movie to avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, so when this came out, I mean, it was fucked up. People were not happy about this. Like, look at some of these angry quotes. So due to its graphic content, it got played in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and there were protests, and the movie theater issued an open letter. After carefully considering all circumstances, management has decided to continue to show the movie. This difficult decision was predicated on the following considerations. The film relates to a problem that practically every teenage girl and parent can identify with, yet does not pander to the subject matter. The story does not glorify violence, nor does it glorify the degenerates or perpetuate the violence. We feel the movie is morally redeeming and does deliver an important social message. Well, good for you. Yeah, like, I I think it does too. I mean... The people are just shown in the most hateful light possible, and then we get to kill them. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was gonna le- uh, read Siskel's review, but you can just imagine he's like calls it like sickening tripe. And I was blah, about blah, to blah, say,
1: blah, like, it, I, I feel like he just kind of shits on everything that's
0: horror. Yeah. Although, in his defense. He didn't walk out of the movie to talk shit. He, uh, he sat through it. (laughs) Well. If that's redeeming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So my number four, we are going, do do you like corn?
0: Do I like corn? As in, like, corn on the cob, you know, it's a nice hot summer day, and you're cooking corn. Are you talking about, like, are you ready?
1: just just regular corn okay
0: yeah corn's cool
1: okay well i guarantee you that this couple does not like corn so we are gonna go with bert and vicky children of the corn
0: nice yes
1: linda hamilton and peter horton now this came out right around the same time as terminator so actually if you notice like when they when vicky met Sarah, the little girl, and she's like, "What's your name, Sarah?" Oh, that's a lovely name. So that was like kind of like a little little thing there. But anyway, so while traveling through the cornfields of Nebraska, they accidentally hit a kid on in the middle of the road.
0: The fuck is the kid doing in the middle of the road?
1: I mean, he was already kind of like. Actually, was he? Was he like already dead, or was he? Just yeah, like he. Mostly so dead? he was
0: escaping the cult, didn't he? He got stabbed and kind of pushed right. into the road.
1: Okay. He was basically. So they just fin- they just finished the job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they find themselves trapped in this town of Gatlin, where I mean they're they're trying to get help, like for the or call the authorities for this kid. Um. So they're stuck in
0: this town of Gatlin. And they can't seem to find any adults or anyone to report this uh, accident to.
1: No, they're all dead. Cause Isaac, who was apparently—did you know he was like 24 when he like filmed that? Really? Yeah. Oh shit! I, I read that, and I looked up his IMDb. He was born in 1959. I'm like, he looks like eight.
0: Yeah. Damn. I was like, holy shit! Hasn't? Shouldn't he have been sent out and like put up on the cross? For the man or the thing that lives behind the rose? Well, he was. Well, yeah, but I mean, long time ago. If he was twenty-four, that's past that's the true. age.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true.
0: But I guess if you're the one that interprets the the words from he who walks behind the rose. Yeah.
1: So they run into Sarah who like she sees visions. She has the the ability of sight.
0: She's a clairvoyant with the crayon.
1: <laughs> this is very true, uh Vicky's taken hostage and put up on a corn cross, and you know they go after Bert, who gets a little help from this other kid job, and Sarah tries you know they try to help the he who walks behind the rose but yeah no they they worked they worked great together as a couple they're they seem very very happy together, and they know how to beat the devil,
0: yeah. Um, a little bit different from the short story. Now, when I first yes. saw that movie, dude, it was like on, you know, Channel 57 randomly in the afternoon, and I'm like alone upstairs. And I was like, dude, that movie I, that freaked me out as a kid. Um, but the, so in the story, originally, like they were on the brink of divorce when they're doing this like cross country trip. Man. Right. this kind of ended up bonding them close together, you know, until the end of the story.
1: I was about to say, at the
0: end of the story. Uh,
1: uh, 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 oh. uh, uh, uh. Sorry. However, apparently there was a copy of Night Shift on
0: their dashboard. That's where the story's from, and that yes. is probably the most read, taped together with scotch tape book in my collection.
1: Mine is not as taped together. Yeah, mine's fucked up. Mine's right there. Well, actually, I meant to. I meant to say also. So apparently, I guess in the book, like their real names, like Isaac and Malachi, like their real names were like. William Renfrew and Craig Boardman.
0: Yeah, not as like a
1: Malachi. Sounds like a fucking
0: law firm. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Malachi and Isaac and Isaac. <laughs> so we went to 2007 for my number three Stella and Evan Olson. Like I said, vampires are very sexy and very romantic. So Stella and Evan played by Melissa George in, I just wrote his name fucking twice, I wrote Evan (laughs) Olson, it's Josh Hartnett, not Evan Olson playing Evan Olson. (laughs) So Barrow, Alaska, actually gets two months of night, I was reading, which sounds like it's horrible, can you imagine, Mm. two months of night, but 30 days of night. And it's a really good premise. So they're yeah. isolated. It's They even start the movie. It's like this desert of snow. And you know the tiny little town. They're very self-sufficient. They get locked off for this period of night. And vampires are like, why didn't we ever do this before? This is awesome. They plan to just go in, feed off of them for that 30 days, and then just bounce. Great movie. So at the beginning... Estelle and John are a little bit estranged, but she's back. She ends up getting stuck there. And they haven't divorced yet, but you can tell that they haven't been living together. They haven't seen each other for a while. But when shit hits the fan, they just go at it and they work together very well. And obviously, they're still in love. Oh. No, the most romantic sunset I've ever seen in my life, besides the one on my honeymoon, was in this movie. This This movie is top two top two romantic sunsets nice when man meets a force he can't destroy he destroys himself what a plague you are that's not romantic but i i love that girl. that's cool
1: <laughs> my number three we're gonna go with it's not exactly a like a couple for the, the good
0: are you defending <laughs> your choice here.
1: No, I'm just I'm just saying, right. you know, they're they're not necessarily, you know, the happiest couple like in this movie at, at, at a certain point. So we're going to go Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse. Rosemary's baby.
0: That's a choice. <laughs>
1: it's a choice. they are a couple. They were married. They're in horror. It counts. I'm sorry.
0: OK, OK. Classic.
1: So we have Rosemary and her struggling actor husband guy. They move into this new apartment called the Bramford in New York City, although it was actually filmed at the Dakota.
0: Eventually. Scary history there.
1: Yes, but not quite yet.
0: Well, maybe them doing this devil movie fucked it up for everybody.
1: It's true. It's very true. So eventually they make friends with their next door neighbors, the Castavets. We have Roman and Minnie, who kind of help the husband guy move along with his acting career. And in the meantime, he kind of basically sells his baby to the devil.
0: I hope he got a good price.
1: Well, his acting career started to go up, you know. So Rosemary's starting to be shut out from her circle of friends. Everybody around her knows basically what's going on. She has no clue she's the most like isolated person i mean that has to be probably one of the worst feelings in the world
0: yeah so being alone with the devil's child right
1: i mean from like 1968 i mean this this is a pretty unsettling movie
0: it's very unsettling yeah
1: you know, so i i would i would have been in, interested to to be in a theater and just kind of like watch people's reactions like while watching this movie
0: yeah that would be interesting But it would just be cool to see it in the movie theater. This is true, yes. All right. Number two, from 1993, Julie Walker and Kurt Reynolds. This is one of the most romantic horror movies ever made in the history of horror. So Julie Walker and Kurt Reynolds are played by Melinda Clark and J. Trevor Edmund. So he's an army brat. His dad's like big wig military Works at this industrial science lab. Return of the Living Dead 3. So, he is about to move. This is Kurt and his girlfriend. She's like, bad girl, wrong side of the tracks, morbid goth. And Kurt decides that he's going to run away with Julie to be a rock and roll drummer. Now, obviously, dad's pretty mad. I mean, that's, that's a very sustainable job. Yeah, that's what I hear. I I know a few drummers, and I know they're stinky fucking rich. Stinky filthy fucking rich? I don't know. They just might be (laughs) stinky. They storm out. There's an accident. Oh, God, there's a tragedy. And he had noticed that his dad's lab had some really crazy fucking shit. So he brings her dead body to the lab and resurrects her with trioxin, which, as we know creates zombies and a funny tidbit from this movie we find out that trioxin was actually created for the war on marijuana you know i saw this funny thing going around today where there's like a senator in virginia really pushing against the legalization of marijuana and she's like if we let this happen the stats are going to be insane The rise of overdoses and deaths are gonna be crazy. Like, what? Overdoses of what? Like, what are you talking about? Double stuffed Oreos? How do you overdose? Like, yeah, you like kill yourself because your belly bursts from too much Oreos. I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, crazy government experiments. And he brings her back. I'm never gonna let you go. Never. So obviously a little bit of side effects from being resurrected with the zombie fucking chemical. She starts slowly turning into a zombie. and She realizes she has this horrible pain and the only way to stave off this pain is to eat brains. And she also learns because she's an auto sadist that if she mutilates herself, that also stops the pain momentarily. So... I mean, this is the most classic teenage romance. Um, they're horrible for each other, they both make bad decisions, but they still stick with each other. And at one point he says, I just want you the way you used to be. And she says, I want it to feel like it was before, but I'm not the same. But they're madly in love. And I dude. If you haven't seen this movie, you have to see this movie. It's the I best Valentine's this. Day movie to see, I think. I,
1: I'm pretty sure I rented this when I was like twelve. I think I think this was probably the last time I saw that.
0: Yeah, I think I saw it late night HBO, and I was ooh boobies.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I I went to, uh, the place turned into Clockwork Pizza. There used to be a video store in there.
0: I'm sure everyone knows what you're talking about. I'm, I'm just You yeah, know? That, I, I know the I know the area, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but anyway, it was in there. I know it was there where I rented it. But anyway. All right, so my number two, I went with Sean and Liz from Sean of the Dead.
0: Very good choice.
1: Now, Sean is probably not the best boyfriend in the
0: world. No. He tends to exasperate things.
1: oh god it's he forgets to book the table for their anniversary dinner she's starting to have second thoughts and wants to break it off with him which devastates him but as this zombie apocalypse is starting to take over sean's main goal is to get to liz now as they get together now we have ed who is sean's best friend And Liz's friends, who don't seem to like anybody, really, their goal now to have a pint where this could wait for this all to blow over. But in the meantime, they pick up Sean's mom. Sorry, Philip. And, you know, we just take on a bunch of zombies in a bar.
0: Great movie. Very light comedy But keeps the zombie stuff cool and gory enough that like that is a great mix. Great movie, great soundtrack, great acting in it. The directing is awesome. That movie is fun all around.
1: I I will say I will never listen to Don't Stop Me Now the same way again. (laughs) Like whenever that song comes on, like I feel like I just need to like hit something with like the friggin' beat. Kill the Queen!
0: But dogs can look up. I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number one wasn't Julie Walker and Kurt Reynolds. No, they have the perfect romantic movie from beginning to end. Perfect. But my favorite horror couple of all time. My number one. Number one. They've been a couple since 1938. And they're still going strong. They even have a new animated sequel coming up in October of this year. Maybe it might get pushed back again. I'm talking about Morticia and Gomez Adams.
1: How can you not?
0: How could you not? So any iteration of the couple is very romantic, whether it be Carolyn Jones, John Aston, Angel- Angelica Houston, and Raul Julia, Charlize Theron, and Oscar Isaac. I mean, they're very over-the-top, gothy, macabre, loving family. Like, the only normal thing about them is that they love each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the only, like, normal attribute that they have. You bewitched me. I proposed that very night.
1: Just think. Someday we'll be buried here. Side by side six feet under, in matching coffins. Our lifeless bodies rotting together for all
0: eternity. Oh, caro mia. sauvage. Like, it's just one random scene I watched on YouTube last night. It was just like, man, they really are like so madly in love, and the whole world could be exploding behind them, and they would just, they would just kiss. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I mostly like the 1991 movie. I think it like hit at the right moment in my life. I was ten, right? Saw yep. it in the movie theater. It was just loved it. Obviously watched the show too, but Adam's Family, man. That's like I feel what, what you aspire to be, you know? That's the oh real relationship God. goals. Exactly. Not bringing back your skinless lover. <laughs> like, no. We're talking about these people that may or may not be dead. I don't know. They seem to live forever. Are they vampires? Are they just pale? We don't know. And we don't care. Well, we love them the same. I mean, they don't go out in the sun much. But they do. They had that lemonade stand.
1: This is true. And they did go to day camp in the second one. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So I was starting to get worried because we
0: went through nine friggin' movies. I was getting pretty mad. I had started sipping on my my super shot. And we
1: hadn't had a double yet. But my number one.
0: Number one.
1: Oh go,
0: Gomez. Da, 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 da. And Morticia Adams, wow, a number one double. That's a double. That's a double double. All right, cheers.
1: Probably, as you basically just said, the most in love couple in any film of any genre. I don't. I just. It's, just that's just the, the, it's still the, so
0: passionate.
1: You know, like they just. It's all about family values, and, and you. You can't tell me that their sex life isn't in the fucking stratosphere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I loved how you said family values.
1: Yeah, I did that on purpose. You... No but...
0: shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean, you basically hit every nail on the head. It's just, this is what every couple should strive to be. Weird and in love. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like each, they have their weird shit that they do. Every, that's what every couple has, like the weird, either weird shit that they do or just the same stupid, sick sense of humor. You know, it's just like that's that's relationship goals right there.
0: Yeah. And your whole stratosphere comment. Uh, yeah, they're definitely their bedroom game is on point. There's that one yes. point when he's like savoring her from torture and he's like, oh, chains and whips She's like, later, Gomez like some shit like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: no that's it's they 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 know what they're doing
0: yeah uh any runner-ups
1: i had a lot of runner-ups now i wasn't sure i almost put danny and christian on my list
0: what i mean yeah they're 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 a couple they were a couple of assholes
1: this is true, but they were a couple nonetheless.
0: Yeah, they were. You know, um they were a couple like Ozzy and Dio.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um I, I left the Torrances off my list, um, like Sydney and um God, what what was his name in the Scream Three?
0: Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of runner ups that I felt like I should mention really quickly. What is it? Mama, Celeste, and Papa Justify, Addison and Zed, Tree and Carter, Needy and Jennifer, Columbus and Wichita, Carol and Daryl, Adelaide and Gabe, Brad and Janet, damn it, Woobla and Goober, the Wilsons, the Freelings, the Judds, the Lutzes, the Gummers, the Brodies, the Munsters, the Banisters, and the young couple from Tales from the Dark Side segment, Lovers Vow. Are definitely worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I left the Domuses from Ready or Not off. Um, I actually thought about Peter Venkman and Dana from Ghostbusters, but I was like, eh, <laughs> I mean, that probably isn't there. Um,
0: yeah, I was going with Strange Love for the couples that I picked.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Which one? I kind of wish I actually put on my list now. So I'll put it as an asterisk for, like, number 10+. plus. Was um like Mike Myers and Nancy? uh God, uh, so I married an axe murderer.
0: Oh yes,
1: you know, just a great, fantastic movie of like them trying to figure out like, does she want to kill me? Does she not want to kill me? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and a couple asterisk doubles that we have that I crossed off while we were doing the episode. I had Sean and Liz and David and the nurse. Nice yeah any feedback
1: i got a little bit of feedback on facebook
0: fan feedback uh-oh you still there yeah i'm here why i don't know i hit a button don't hit buttons old man
1: there you are i don't know i moved my mouse and it was just like what the fuck are you doing okay so our fan of the dead member uh what would you i don't know what would you call it honorary fan of the dead member lauren she went with and heather from tremors which nice that was actually on my list but not quite like a runner-up
0: and i think they would have gone the distance if the mrs gummer wasn't played by reba mcintyre i mean she had you know singing career and a tv show and all this other shit she's not trying to do tremors two through now you know they were a badass couple in that first movie. Yeah. Bert's still in all the movies. They just put one out last yeah. year.
1: Yeah, yep, yep. He is. He's there. Um <laughs> so and Stampede! <laughs> our buddy Tony Gallagher uh said Nancy and Johnny from Nightmare on Elm Street. That was a pretty good one. And Eric Seeger. Went with the Brian and Chucky, like couple there.
0: Ah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you had Tony on feedback, and I have Tony on feedback. <laughs> he suggested Mike and Jeremy. What a gruesome twosome. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, it doesn't count because we haven't been in any movies. Uh, so, got you. Uh-huh. Well, well, the Blair Bitch Project does not count. That's, that's a that movie, was, that was a short. It counts as a short. A fucking bad short. Uh, It's an
1: amazing short. Shut up.
0: Tony also shouted out that he's all caught up on the podcast. You guys got quite aggressive towards the end of the year. Me likey. Chainsaw hooker in my dreams. Aw. Very nice. So, yeah, I mean, watch some romantic horror. You got like... Almost exactly a week. No, by the time this comes out, it's it's Valentine's Day. It's already too late. You fucked it up. You didn't do anything romantic. You should have gone into the future to listen to this. Because nothing says romance like watching zombies eat each other and people fucking get murdered and serial killers kissing. Yes, I agree. So, as always, you can listen to us on automatic, Spotify, iTunes player fm deezer i Wait, radio what, what 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 the fuck are those no those are i i went and looked at the list of like stuff that were available on and i'm like i don't even know some of these things but we what the hell is them. a deezer oh my god you sound like a geezer <laughs> jesus fucking christ gang uh you can also do this funny thing hey oh, boy fans of the dead thirty six: Interview, Laura Ellen Wilson, on Google Podcasts. That's pretty cool, huh? Uh, the kids love when I pl- when I plug in the Google. They like the Google machine. Yeah. Z- that's right. Lily loves Alexa. Yeah, you can play games with it and stuff. It's pretty cool. But then I, you know, when I'm done with it, I unplug it and shove it in a box. Yeah,
1: no, it, it's. I hear this out of our Lily's room every day. It's Alexa, tell me a fart joke. <laughs> oh God, no! That uh,
0: that's why I didn't actually say the command. I forgot
1: there was one in here. Or I
0: uh, I recorded the audio before because if I said the command, which you just did, people listening that like if they're not in have you know if they're not using headphones, their devices are gonna start going off. South Park did a whole episode where they did it. Mad times. And devices all over the a, world that were going was a on. a
1: great episode. I keep forgetting there was one in here.
0: It, it's uh, pretty unsettling.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alexa's got to go.
0: Could be a good movie. Could be about uh, people fighting technology.
1: Yes. I'm on it.
0: All right. That's it. Uh, <laughs> we got nothing. So until next time, have fun. Be safe. Peace.